This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Hey, welcome to the Extra Point, and we're so glad to be here. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps of Discipleship Pastor at Southford Church, and this is Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And I just want to let you know before we go any further that if you're new to us, we want you to go ahead and like and subscribe to us so that way you don't miss any new content that we may put out there. But we are in our series, um, Stained Glass Crash, week four. And you talked about how our words matter, so we should really choose them wisely when we're talking about things because it really matters, especially in reference to something like where we worship and specifically the house of the Lord. So if you didn't hear it, make sure you go back. You can go back on the same channel or same podcast to listen to the full um, teaching from Sunday. But explain briefly, Pastor Scott, what exactly you mean by that. Yeah, so the reason why that we don't use the phrase the house of the Lord here at Southridge is that the place that we meet on Sundays is indeed not the house of the Lord. And I know that it would be easy for some people to just shrug that off and go, well, that's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you know what I mean when I say that. And I go like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I don't think you mean anything by it. But here's the problem. Like, Just imagine for a second in your mind that God had a house. How intimidating would that be for you to feel comfortable to go there? Right? That, yeah. That's the problem with terminology like that. Now, if that was a true statement, there would be nothing wrong with the intimidating sense of it or all the other hoops that you have to jump through if that were true. Mm-hmm. If that were not true, then that means that you are setting up unnecessary obstacles for people to try to jump through before they feel comfortable coming to a worship experience with you, to a yeah. church service with you. And that's why that's why this matters is we don't want to unnecessarily complicate things by thinking, hey, do you want to go to church with me? And then, like, when you get here, you're like, this is God's house. And you start thinking, like, oh, am I dressed properly? Do, like, am I good enough? What about this and that? And like, like it, you just put up all these barriers unnecessarily to people being able to feel comfortable where the gospel message is being proclaimed in addition to – that, so that's the practical side of it, but then on, in addition to the fact that it is just not biblically sound whatsoever. And I told our church on Sunday, you guys would fire me if I got up and lied to you every Sunday. Yeah. If I got up and started telling you, like, uh, oh, you know, Goliath killed David, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you guys eventually would be like, no, you're out of here. Yeah. That's, And I'm not saying that would be, like, on purpose if I did that. I don't right. think people that use the phrase the house of the Lord is doing it on purpose, but right. it would it would essentially be the same thing. You're saying something that's not true according to the scriptures. And I was reading this article last week. I shared it on my Facebook. Um, but he said, isn't it interesting that normally the most theologically conservative people, so that would be the camp that probably feels the strongest about this, mm-hmm. are the people that elevate these issues to such high levels and do the most damage with them. Yeah. Like the people that hold to this idea that, like, oh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today, most of these people are theologically conservative well-educated and well-meaning, and yet they get it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's incredible to me. That Because to me, this goes like, well, I mean, I've known since I was a kid that 
the Apostle Paul wrote that believers were the temple of God. Right. And that the place that we show up to worship every week is not the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I've known since I was a child. Yeah. Not theologically trained or anything at that point. And yet people that have years and years and years and years of theological training miss that and continue to use language like this. It It's very bothersome for me. Yeah, because it, it just takes, like, with Jesus and what he did, it kind of takes away some of that when we go back to Old Testament ideas yes. and sounds and, and words for things. And so, like, we, we've grown up in, in camps or gone to camps where, like, the main meeting space was called the Tabernacle, tabernacle. which is an Old Testament thing. Yeah. It is not a thing of today. But when we were talking about this a little bit earlier, we were talking about how often um, people, you know, they want what they're doing to mean something. So a lot of times when they name something, they use phrases because it feels like it brings extra meaning to it. But, you know, that's really not the correct way to look at it because if we're just wanting what we're doing to mean something, then... It doesn't if God's not in it. Yeah, this is it's how this is how simple it is to take something from the Old Testament and smuggle it into the New Testament when it doesn't belong there, mm-hmm. right? It's just it, that's how simple it is. You go like, and, and and the people that do it, they're trying to be well-meaning. Like the place that I grew up going to camp, they called their worship area the tabernacle, probably because the tabernacle was the temporary place out in the wilderness where people would go to meet with God. I mm-hmm. get that. I get that yeah. name. But, like, you have to realize that, that that building on the other side of the cross cannot be called the tabernacle mm-hmm. because that's just not true anymore. Right. It's just not the way things are. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden then you start building these barriers up to go, like, oh, this is the tabernacle. This is the place where God meets with us. And you go, well, wait a second. All right, so are you saying that God won't meet with me during my quiet time on my drive to work? Mm-hmm. Like, like we, And then those same people would go, well, yeah. of course not. Of course not. Right. God's with you in your car. He's with you when you go and do this and that. And it's like, well, you understand that there's a, th- this is the issue. Like, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth at this point. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense whatsoever. So why not just speak clearly and go, hey, there's a building that we meet in, and this is a ministry tool. Mm-hmm. This is an important building mm-hmm. for that purpose. But it's not the house of God. Right. And, like, why not just speak simply about these things instead of, cluttering it up with like mm-hmm. try, like what what you're trying to do is assign spiritual significance to something by smuggling in a term that doesn't mean anything anymore right and and it, it's just a it's a dishonest thing to do mm-hmm. and it, it does because words matter it will have implications whether or not you think that mm-hmm. it's not a big deal because this was something i wrote about i had a seven-part article series back in 2021 and i, and I did more than any article series that I ever wrote back when I used to blog, I got more pushback on this one idea. And it was all from people. And here, here's the deal. Not one single person could refute me from the Bible. It was only pretty much their own personal feelings. Yeah. That's it. Because the scriptural precedent that I laid out Sunday, you can't argue with. Right. It's completely unassail- unassailable that Paul mm-hmm. says, don't you know that you are the temple of God. You are, like, the fact that the curtain was torn in two at the moment of Christ's death says everything that you need to know yeah. about the, the fact that Jesus, and 
I would see it as Jesus in his own way in AD 70 destroyed the temple, tells you everything that you need to know about physical buildings yeah. that we hold in such high regards. Right. That should tell you everything you need to know about. Yeah, because the further implication of believing that or even for, like, say you have a newer believer and you're saying that, like, it it breeds poor um, theology into them to where they then think, yes. well, if this is the temple, I am not. And that's kind of what you were getting to. And so you, you said, Sunday, you said that we are the temple, and that means yeah. that we are also the priest of that temple. Yeah, that's First Peter 2, 5. Yeah. talks about how we are the priest of that of said temple mm-hmm. meaning that we're the we are we have access to God that's mm-hmm. what the priest would do so in the old testament times the high priest they would only go into that mm-hmm. central area the holy of holies they would go in once a year mm-hmm. and and when they did that you know i've read that that they would even tie rope around the priest ankle in case he went in in an unpure way it would strike him down and kill him mm-hmm. they would have to drag the body out via that rope yeah right so if you want to use that language mm-hmm. to speak of this room just and then someone goes and they're reading about the you know the day of atonement or whatnot mm-hmm. <laughs> that they would go into the holy of holies and it's like gosh if the high priest wasn't good enough to go in there and you're telling me that this is God's house then then I'm not good enough yeah. to come in here either like there's these major implications that come along with it and so that's what the priest did though it was it was the one that stood between God and, and and humanity and because of Jesus our true high priest and through his blood we become a kingdom of priests that's what first Peter and, and the book of Hebrews talks about. We no longer need anyone to go in between right. us and the Father. Like, we now have unfettered access to our Father in heaven yeah. in a way that people like us mm-hmm. never should. We never should have access to God the way that we do. Right. But, like, I can I can sit in my car. I can go out in the woods, mm-hmm. which, you know, I would never do that. But, like, if that's your thing, you could do that. Like, you can right. go, uh, like, whatever it is that you want to do to connect with God, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I did have a sense in which where, where people would go, like, well, does that mean that, like, coming up there for an hour on Sundays doesn't matter. It's like, well, no, wait a second. That's not what's being said mm-hmm. whatsoever because that hour long that you're here every week is very vital for your spiritual development as well. All I want us to do is make sure that we have our terminology in order B- because, again, if I taught you f- stuff that was untrue every week, I would get fired. Yeah. So we should not, just based on our feelings, mm-hmm. say, oh, well, I mean, I was just raised in a place where yeah. – this is oh, no, no, not how you were raised, not how you feel. Yeah. Just show me the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to go with yeah. when it comes to this. Yeah, and it's not that, that we're saying that hour doesn't matter, but it's not all that matters. Exactly. Like, it's, if you, it's one out of the 168 hours that you yes, get. Yeah, and if you're only focused on that Sunday hour, then, like, you're no good. I don't want to say no good, but, like, there's the phrase that says you're so Sunday minded that you're no Monday good. Yeah. Like, yeah. It has to translate wherever you go in all that you do. And that's where, when you were saying like, instead of saying, don't say that in church, how about we say, don't say that. And um, instead of don't do that in church, yeah. don't do that. Like, I mean, I've been guilty of it before and more in a teasing manner where I've been like, Oh, you can't lie in church, you know, but yeah, it's not, it's like, I mean, oh, it's really, you don't lie. lie. Yeah. Right. And, and, and what this stuff, and this is where the rubber meets the road for me, because do I really care if someone says, welcome to the house of the Lord, and they mean that this is the place where we come to worship the Lord? Okay, whatever. But listen, it, 
what this does is demands consistency in your life. Mm-hmm. It means that you can't come in here on Sunday morning and raise your hands and praise God on and on and on and then go and be someone different on Monday morning. Right. Because it's like, well, when I'm in the Lord's house, mm-hmm. well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, all that I can be for the Lord. But when I'm not in the Lord's house, you act like you have escaped his presence to where when, he's, when I'm in his house, he can mm-hmm. see me. And when I'm not in his house, he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just that's just a nonsensical way, which we all know is not true whatsoever. And so you get this like consumeristic, mm-hmm. like cultural Christianity that just goes like, yeah, like when I I'm gonna be in my best, I'm gonna dress my best, I'm gonna carry my big old Bible and I'm all this stuff on Sunday mornings. I'm gonna be at my best. Mm-hmm. But then what you like, you're gonna go out at the club and act a fool on yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Like, well, wait a second, wait a second. Like, this is the problem when we start acting as if this place is sacred, but this place isn't. Now, listen, the earth and all of that is within it is the Lord's. Like, yeah. there's nowhere that you escape the presence and the spirit of God. Right. So you can't just go like, I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm yeah. not going to cuss when I'm at church, but yeah. you're going to go and let them fly everywhere else in your life. Yeah. It, like, and again, I'm not sitting here advocating it like, oh, well, you're a cusser every other area of your life. You just come in and like, <laughs> you start throwing down in church, yeah. uh, like at the church, like, but I, I'm just saying, be consistent in who you, who you are. Like this, the, the reason why we have started this series off the first four weeks with the countdown called "Stained Glass Masquerade" by Casting Crowns mm-hmm. is like people come to church and they put on a mask of mm-hmm. what they think they should be in the house of the Lord, mm-hmm. and then they take the mask off every Sunday morning, and they pick it back up the next Sunday, and mm-hmm. there's someone totally different throughout the week. Yeah. This teaching demands consistency in our life yeah because furthermore i took the whole idea of the priests of that temple in a way of because we just read through like exodus and all Mm -hmm. of that um in a bible in a year plan that several of us are are doing of if i am the priest then i mean that priest had a major job of being that person to connect the community to god to help you know take their offerings and do the things to help them become pure and clean. And if I'm going out and acting a fool throughout the week, I'm not helping connect other people to God. No, I'm not doing that because I am not really being on mission and doing the things that I should be doing as that. And so I took it for further implications as that. And I think that's part of that key of, you know, taking that being consistent yeah. throughout everything that you do all throughout the week. Um, but furthermore, let's talk about, the idea of church and the word yeah. church, um, because yes. there's an interesting thing that a lot of people maybe don't realize is that church is not actually the word that, like... Yeah, the word church have. does not appear in anywhere, yeah. like anywhere in the scriptures. The word church comes from a German word, mm-hmm. which through the years has been translated. When you get all the way back to what they meant in the scriptures, the word is ekklesia in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Here in the word ecclesia, which always denotes the body of believers, the called out ones, mm-hmm. it never has to do with the building. Yeah, like we did ourselves a massive disservice at some point. They were trying to translate this into English, mm-hmm. and they took an old German term that meant building, church mm-hmm. building, mm-hmm. and used it to denote church. Mm-hmm. And we got far away from the actual term ecclesia 
which means the called out ones. Mm-hmm. It was always about the people. Yeah. That it was never, ever, ever about a building. And God made that so clear when he yeah. destroyed the temple in AD 70. Yeah. He made it so clear when the fact that he is completely silent throughout the New Testament on, mm-hmm. oh, well, you need to, you know, um, it's like I've had people like say like, oh, there's not a lot of crosses in your church. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that there was a quota. Like, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't aware that there was a quota that we're supposed to meet for the amount of crosses that we have in our building. Like, just show show that one to me in the scriptures. Like, in the scriptures, is that in like second suggestions? Like, I've never read that before. Like, where where is that in the scriptures? Um, like, people will fuss. Oh, uh, like about your church and this. Like, the word church does not appear anywhere in the actual yeah. Greek at yeah, all. It was always the people. And so, if you look at that, it doesn't matter where you meet. It doesn't matter where nope. you worship, like, because you carry the Spirit of God in you yeah. wherever you go. So when you come together, you yeah. can worship out around a bonfire. You can worship in your car. You can, you know, it's yeah. it's about that. And so, um, I and think again, it's not licensed to just go do life on your own either. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not an advocate of that whatsoever. I'm just not an advocate of the yeah. silliness that comes along with, like, oh, the you know, kids shouldn't run in church. You know, be more respectful of the, like, come on, like, what's the big deal, right? Like, I can't imagine the amount of youth pastors that have been fired or ran off because they did something silly in the house of the Lord. It's Uh like, I mean, all of, everything that could get broken in a church is replaceable. Uh What what is very hard to replace is the way that kids and teenagers feel about church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's just the truth of the matter. Absolutely. So, you know, the bottom line, like, when you talk about the, the church is the people, the people that make up the church, the body. The part that we really need to remember is that there's no piece of real estate or parcel of land that is more precious to God than the people. Yeah, People are the priority. And so it starts with us yeah. as individuals knowing that and really having a heart change. And that's really your practical next step for this week is to just take that to heart and see, okay, what is it? that I am doing in my life that can make this change, a little subtle shift here or there that can begin to make this change so that way I can do my part to show people that I have the indwelling spirit of God within me. I take his image to the world. You don't have to come to a specific place. This place is good. It's, It's good for that, but it's, it's not something to, you know, that we need to create extra barriers, extra obstacles for people. Here's the disservice that we do with our words when we say things like go to church. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth of the matter is you can't actually go to what you are. Yeah. You can't go to what God already declared mm-hmm. that you are. You just can't do it. Yeah. Go to church. What? And so what happens is so many people get so caught up in going to church that they never take the time to actually be the mm-hmm. church. And that's that's the problem with the church as it currently is yeah. so many people want to go to church very few people want to actually be the church mm-hmm. that's why like i mean there was a study did i cite this all the time the eight percent of any church is actually saved mm-hmm. it's because you got a lot of people that don't mind going to church you have a lot of people that mind being the church yeah but there's a lot of people I, i'm convinced of and i think that's why the lord has shifted my mission and ministry so hard is like i have felt this like pull in my heart like hey some of the best mission field for any pastor is already mm-hmm. sitting in yeah. the room that they're preaching in. If you could just get the saved people actually saved, yeah. 
um, like you would you would actually be able to make an impact in your community. But all the people that think that they're saved that really aren't, um, that's the biggest mission field in the church. Too many people go to church. Not enough people are the church. Yeah, I think we read that, the, those exact thoughts in, was it The Unsaved Christian? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a great, fantastic book, really eye-opening, and hit on that exact thing that this is a huge mission field. And so even what you do and what you say here, but throughout your life matters. But um, before we go, I just want to remind you that we drop new content every single Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time on our Southridge Church podcast. So be sure to like and subscribe so that way you don't miss out on anything new. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.